Greetings, gentle listener, and welcome to Remote Operations. Remote Operations is a podcast series made during lockdown by the social agency Stoke on Trent's art based support group for autistic and learning disabled adults living in the city and surrounding areas. But you don't have to be from Stoke to listen, it's for everyone. Well, except them in Newcastle on the line. They'd probably be happier with an episode of something posher like the Archers. Only kidding, Doc. Enjoy. Hello, it's me, Jim Hype, your showbiz reporter to the stars. It's another exclusive report about a member of the social agency and their collection. Today, Sean and Metal Detecting. But it wasn't easy to track him down. After parachuting onto a private estate, swimming across the crocodile-infested moat and drugging the guard dogs, I finally got to the location my sat-nav had sent me to. It was only then that I discovered Sean's true location, concealed within the pages of a Stoke-on-Trent A to Z. Your collection is slightly different, isn't it? Because it's not so much a collection, but it's more about collecting things with your metal detector. I just like collecting like old things, like, yeah, and that's what appealed to me about metal detecting, really, like. My dad said that that I want to sort of get involved with it, and then I said, yeah, yeah, that would be... My dad suggested it to me, like, yeah, and I just, just sort of rolled from there, really, like, yeah. And how old were you when you started? It was about when I was um, 19 or 20, I think, yeah. Um, so... Not too long ago, because I'm 30 now, yeah. Where did you go to do your detecting? We used to obviously go on the farms, get permission, and then sort of go on and and um, just find things, basically, like, yeah. What's the oldest thing you found? We found, like, a, a silver a Spanish coin, like, yeah, that's the... The oldest thing we've ever found, like, yeah, from uh, 1781, that was. That's obviously the the most notable find that we found, like. How did you know it was that old? The date was on it. It said 1781, like. Where did you find it? Where I found it, um, not very far away. There's a a manor. uh, It's called Lawton Manor, and it's like, um, it was an an old house, like, from... uh, the Tudor times, like, originally, but then it got knocked down and um, another one was built in, I think, the Georgian period, like... And so my mum surmises that it was a gathering of people who, who were just on the, the field at the side and maybe just who'd come over, like, from Spain or whatever and just obviously dropped the coin and it could, could have come from, from there, really, like, yeah, because... We thought, why would a Spanish coin be in, like, an English field? It's a bit... (laughs) We were a bit bemused by it, like, really, like, yeah. Why do you like metal detecting? I used to enjoy it, like, because you're getting exercise as well, aren't you? And it's outdoors, isn't it? And the fresh air and that. Obviously, old items are from the past, aren't they? Like, And I think it's just something that... I engage with really like yeah. Do you have a favourite period of history? The medieval time, like yeah, like I like what they wore and the clothes and stuff like yeah, and just 
the, the architecture as well, like um, the buildings, like yeah, I like going going to and seeing like the black and white buildings because. But when I was young, with me, me granddad and my grandma, they always used to take us to the National Trust, like, um, and I, I really enjoyed that, like, and seeing like all the the timber frame buildings, like, yeah, um, I went to Little Motor Hall um, a few times with them because, well, it's not far from uh, my mum's. That isn't obviously I like doing that and. That sort of come before me, the metal detecting really. That's where I, I got my my interest in history from really, going then with my grandma and granddad. So how did you get into metal detecting in the first place? Um, I, I think it, it's just the interest of, of people's past lives basically, like yeah, the, how people were living uh, before really, like yeah, that I find interesting, like yeah, and. I like making the comparisons, like type thing, yeah, about what they did then and what we do now and like researching it really, like, yeah. Is there anything you'd really like to find? I'd like um, to maybe find like a watch or something like um, from say like the, the Victorian period or something like that, like, yeah. Are there different types of metal detectors? There's ones that can go, obviously, underwater ones, that which divers use, like, that you can get them ones. Um, and then there's ones that can go on, obviously, beaches and that, um, that are waterproof-like type thing. Yeah, um, well, they're all waterproof, but can, like, um, withstand the, the wet of the sand, like, so it doesn't, interfere with the signal like type thing yeah um there's quite a few different um um models really like yeah how far down can you detect objects you can get ones that reach uh, about eight feet or something like that i think yeah or depending on how much you want to spend and how technical a machine you want like type thing yeah and do they cost a bunch to buy yeah they, they can sort of run into the thousands like the really technical ones like of all the, the bells and whistles like yeah um they can be quite expensive like yeah <laughs> the, the the real professional ones like yeah lastly if somebody said you can't go metal detecting anymore you can't study history anymore what would you miss most about your hobby? Uh, I think it would be the um, the loss of um, the connection, really, because I, I like to focus on the future and the present, but I also like to think about the past as well. So I think it, it to, if, if the past was taken away, it would kind of it would affect me a bit because I like to to. to think about them all, if that makes any sense, like, yeah. Hello, listeners. It's me, apathetic reporter Branson Boredom, bringing apathy to every situation. Well, let's take a listen to what's coming to your streaming platforms and socially distanced cinemas. Or we could listen to the sound of paint drying.
Oh. Okay. Here we go with famous actors in the wrong film. Roll sound, please, team. This summer, Ariel is a 16-year-old mermaid princess. She's unhappy with underwater life, so she's gonna make some changes. Look out, King Triton, cause it's time. Say hello to my little friend! Al Pacino is the Little Mermaid. Coming to a socially distant cinema near you soon. Well, that trailer just has me giddy. With excitement. Speaking of giddy with excitement, here is my colleague, Erwin Irony. We sent him an advanced copy of the film and he is going to review it for you. Branson, I was just about to watch the film you sent, but then I saw the strangest thing. There were a load of people looked like, I don't know, different families maybe, and they, they were watching the telly, then talking about what they were watching. It was like maybe CCTV or something, and then they watched more telly and talked about it and- Owen, that's Gogglebox. Yeah, that's it, Gogglebox. So weird! Oh dear. Well, see you next time, folks. Greetings, dear listener. This is the voice of Professor Simon Schnitzel. Once again, let us delve deep into the mind of a member of the social agency to discover their hopes, their onions, Ambitions! I said ambitions. Let's hear this week's imagined biography. Then I will analyze the subject while you take notes. So, without further ado, I present to you, gentle listener, Penelope Fitzherbert. Penelope Fitzherbert, a.k.a. Octavia, is a British actress, a cultist, white witch, and fashion icon. Penn was born in London in 1882. The seventh daughter of a seventh daughter, she inherited her magical powers from her mother. Penn was a star in the Victorian music halls and one of the most famous performers of her era. She was the originator of the Victorian Gothic style of dress. Thanks to the magical powers that keep her beautiful and youthful, Penn has continued her acting career into the 21st century. She has attracted a whole new audience, especially in the USA, with her acting work in American Horror Story Asylum. Penn currently lives in a spacious gothic mansion in Alaska with her three children and the coven of fellow witches. She enjoys spiritual pursuits, magical and pagan rituals and old episodes of Cash in the Attic. Hmm.
very interesting, revealing, poignant even. My analysis is... Excuse me, gentle listener. I must get the door. Hello, little boy. We'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Ah, very interesting. I'm a Freudian analyst. Oh, God, run away! Come back! We have much to discuss! Well, dear listener, I'm afraid the analysis of this week's imagined biography will have to wait. So stay safe, keep it onion, and I'll see you in your dreams. You have been listening to Remote Operations, created and performed by the Social Agency. Appearing in today's podcast, we had Roger Fitzherbert, Mike Bond, Sean Kane, Robbie Nichols, Adam Pork, Penelope Fitzherbert, Stuart, Emily Andrews, and Rebecca Pan. Remote Operation was produced by Saul Hewish and Ed Gorn. Original music was written and performed by Toby White with Cole Poynton. Emily Andrews was our social media executive and the artwork was by Robert Millward. We have also had all the support from the arts. Recording was under lockdown restrictions. Remote operation was made possible with funding from Arts Council England and the National Emergency Trust, which was administered by the Community Foundation for Staffordshire. The social agency is a product of Rideout.